Well, thank you so much. I want to just kind of jump into the message, if it's okay. And uh, I would like for everybody to really, to, as my wife would say, get into your learning positions. And, and uh, let's see what God has to say to all of us today. I'm continuing to, to speak on uh, my kingdom is not from here. I'm sorry. I'm continuing to speak on the kingdom of heaven and also my kingdom is not from here. Um, I, I, in, initially, I, and when I shared on this Wednesday, I thought to share on it again just to talk with you a bit about uh, the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven, which uh, we are part of. And this great kingdom of heaven is not so much like we have wished it to be. The kingdom of heaven has good things and bad things, good people and bad people, and they all come together, but uh, one day there's going to be a separation. And so we want to understand that. I've talked about this uh, several times, or I mentioned the fact that a lot of Christians will say things like, uh, I, the church is bad. I've heard things like that. And you just can't trust people in the church. And sometimes folks go on the internet and put all that stuff on the internet. Uh, I don't, uh, Facebook, you know, to talk about churches. Well, the church has a problem because you're a problem, you know? And so it's not like the, the church that does, uh, does not have people who are, are wrong because we've all been wrong at some point in our lives. You need to look at the person next to you and say, you too. Come on, look at the person and say, you too. I, I noticed some, some, one person did not look at the, the, the husband. They looked at the... And I know the guys were acting like they, I wasn't talking to them. So, yeah, we all, have, we all have problems. We all are growing. But there are some people among us who are not wheat, as the, the parable says. They are weeds. And so, but God is going to deal with that. You just do what God has given you to do. Uh, now, uh, I, there's something I want you to understand about this message, and it is a, uh, that is a definition, a word. It's called antithesis. Antithesis. It's a person or thing that is the direct object of someone or something. You're, you're pol you have, you've heard the word polar opposites. It means, you know, you're not going in the same direction you never will be. And so this antithesis is something I want you to get. Because the kingdom to which we belong is the antithesis of the world system. It is the antithesis. It, we are not going in the same direction. If you see yourself walking in lockstep with the world, agreeing with the world, you are probably out of order. And that's a strong probably. You are more, most likely out of order. Okay. Now, that's something that we, ca we, we don't want to casually let go. If you find yourself walking in lockstep with the world and whatever it's doing, you're probably out of order. Christianity is in the world, but not of the world. Christianity is in the world, but not of the world. God has given you and I a new beginning, a new genesis through the Son, Jesus Christ. We are created in Him now. So we have been created now in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So th there should not be anyone here today who is walking in lockstep with the world and making excuses or rationalizing that. 
All right? Now, I want to say this because I reference uh, the parables when the master of the house uh, uh, gave his servants money to invest for him. He says, I'm going to go away and I'm going to secure a kingdom. And when I come back, I'll be back and we'll talk about things, obviously. And so what happened in this particular, in these parables, the parable of the minas and the parable of all the pounds and the parable of the talents, then what happened was uh, some of the servants worked like the master was coming back and, uh, and others worked like, ah, he's not coming back. And, and the master came back and found those who had not done their job and they were punished for that. Actually, what it showed was they had a wicked heart. Those who had not done their work had a wicked heart. They didn't trust the master. So our work performance today, while Jesus is away, shows our love for him, and it shows whether or not we actually believe and trust that he is coming back. Now, my, my subject, my kingdom is not from here, has many implications. And, and I want to talk about what is implied or what is implicit what, what runs through the, the, this particular message or this particular word, my kingdom is not from here. But to give you context, text, let's look at John 18, verses 28 through 35, and I will read them. Are you there? Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover now. Now, these are the Jewish leaders. And when the Bible says the Jews, it means the, the Jewish leadership. Because the first church um, was, uh, the, the first Christian church was primarily Jewish. And so we're talking about the leaders. And I want you to, to take a note of that, because the leaders is what we want to talk about uh, or pinpoint. We have to be careful about leaders following just anybody uh, because they are trumpeting something, you know. Okay, this is what I'm doing. You don't, you don't want to do that. Now, these leaders didn't want to go into Praetorium uh, because uh, Pilate, being a Gentile, they would be defiled and they could not eat the Passover meal. And uh, so Jesus is going to be crucified in, during Passover. So uh, my kingdom is not from here are the words of Jesus. Now, these hypocrites... They were leaders. They were the keepers of the oracles of God they were at the law. But uh, they were so hypocritical. Well, we, they, they are murdering Jesus. On, they, they have, uh, these are false charges they've levied against him. But now they're so religious, they don't even seem to know it. We can't eat the Passover if we go to those Gentiles while you're planning the murder of Jesus. So we want to be careful about that. Um, verse 29 says, Pilate then went out to them because they wouldn't come in. So what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. They were the evildoers. Then Pilate said to them, you take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? <clears throat> Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? So uh, Pilate is saying, perhaps sarcastically, maybe he's a little angry, am I a Jew? 
I don't think he's being nice to Jesus, but, but he says, your own people did this. I mean, these are your own nation. This, these are your people who delivered you to me. And, and he says, what have you done? I, I would like to read uh, in, um, in this, my, Spanish, my Spanish version, uh, the Spanish version, um, in John chapter 18, uh, the answer to what I just read. Um, he says, mi reino no es de este mundo, contestó Jesús. Si lo fuera, mis propios guardias pelearían para impedir que los judíos me arrestara, arrestaran. Pero mi reino no es de este mundo. Así que eres rey, le dijo Pilato. Eres tú quien dice que soy rey. Yo para esto nací y para esto vine al mundo para dar testimonio de la verdad. Todo el que está de parte de la verdad, escucha mi voz. I thought, I, I wanted to do it in Spanish because there's a nuance that's, that's quite different than English. In English, he says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. This is good. It's, it's very good. But let me explain a little bit in the Spanish. He says, my, my kingdom is not of this world or from this world. If it were, my own, my personal guards, those who got, would guard a king, uh, would fight to impede these Jewish leaders from arresting me. They would impede it if my kingdom. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. <clears throat> so what we want to do is Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not from here. And so he says, if, if my kingdom were from here, my personal guard, those who guard the king, would have fought you. So since nobody fought you, it's evidence that my kingdom is not from here. Since nobody attacked those, the Jewish people, that's, it is evidence. And so he says, then uh, uh, you, you are then, um, no, you, uh, oh, so then you are king, he says. So then you are king. Uh, and Pilate says, so he says, Eres tú quien dice que soy. He said, it is as, yes, um, uh, you are who I say, let me say it again. Yes, um, yes, I am king. He says, it is as you say, I am king. And he says, yo para esto nací. For this I was born. For this I was born. For this I came to the world for giving testimony of the truth, for giving testimony of the truth. All that is on the part of truth, all that is on the part of truth listens to my voice. They hear my voice. Everybody who is of the truth will know what, what is right, what is wrong. Everybody. So in the kingdom of heaven, we have to understand that you can't say, I have, I don't know, I'm, I, I just, I'm confused. He says, no, because I came, uh, I was born for this, and I, I came into the world for this purpose in order or for the giving witness of the truth. So everybody who is of the part of, on, uh, esta de parte, is who is a part of the part of, of truth, or of the truth, they hear and they listen to my voice. So every believer has this working for him or her. Every believer can say, I am of the truth. Because 
Paul tells us that we are in the earth, the pillar and ground of the truth. So it's in this kingdom of God, you are not allowed your personal opinion apart from God. That's what he's saying here. You are not allowed that. it's, It's not even allowed. Because in this kingdom, there is one will that is for those who are right, those who are righteous. There's only one will for them. There's only one voice for them, and that is the voice they hear. And so when Jesus says, my kingdom is not from here, it implies much more than physical location. It implies, the word again, antithesis. My kingdom is not from here. Certainly, it, it, it is not located here. That is to- totally true. But it means something that is the opposite to the extreme. So my kingdom is not from here speaks of opposite to the extreme. Man. Not 90% opposite, not uh, 95% opposite, but totally opposite, yeah. right? So the kingdom of heaven, of which we are part, is the polar opposite to the world system. They are opposed to each other. That means they don't have the same interests. Their direction is different. We are not on parallel paths. We're not on parallel paths. Not at all. Christian conduct is opposed to worldly conduct. My kingdom is not from here. So that means the kingdom citizens are not from here. So the kingdom citizens, every truly born-again person is a kingdom citizen, and that person has been born from heaven, from above. Your birthplace now is in heaven. That's what he says, because that's how you became a citizen of heaven. You were born from above. Okay? So Christian conduct is opposed to worldly conduct. Christ's kingdom argues for different behavior from the world. So, so when I say Christ's kingdom argues for different behavior from the world. By definition, it's a polar opposite. It is the antithesis. It is the extreme opposite. And so it argues for different behavior. So remember Jesus says, if if, um, my kingdom were of this world, then my servants, my personal guard would have fought you. So, so he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations or arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So it means that you and I must implore spiritual weapons. Now, you may have somebody who would debate or argue and say, well, I don't agree with that point. Um, uh, you sometimes have to use worldly weapons. Absolutely not. Uh, that's erroneous. That's an erroneous thing. So we're talking about, in this series, the kingdom of heaven. And I want to emphasize the king will come back, and we don't want him to come back with our work undone. We don't want him to come back, and we say, well, uh, a pastor never told me that. You know, so I'm getting myself off the hook this morning. Yeah, Jesus said to Pilate that Rome didn't have to fear a political insurrection against itself by him. Now, isn't that amazing? So Jesus is saying, you know, I mean, you don't have anything to, f- to fear from me. I'm not gathering people to fight Rome. That's what he is saying. I'm not some, some mindless zealot. I'm not a, a, trying to start a, a revolution as you suppose. 
My kingdom is not like that. It's not of this world. It's from another place. It's from heaven. Therefore, it does not come by rebelling against everything. It comes by submission to God. That's what he's saying. It comes by submission to God. So every one of us must submit to God. So what does that look like? You know, if we want to sit here and, and, allow, and want me to be very teachy, 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 we could be here for several hours. But, but it means that you submit to God. That's your responsibility is to submit to God, not to take part in uh, insurrections, all right, Amen. and rebellion. If Christ's kingdom was of this world, again, he says, um, my servants would fight. You would know, you would know uh, that I was earthly. Uh, by, by my servants fighting. His kingdom source is not from men's acts of, of war, of ma- acts of violence, uh, but from the new birth. Amen. It transfers a person out of Satan's domain to, into God's kingdom. And so Jesus' kingdom, is the kingdom that he was speaking of, is not base or low or earthly, but lofty and heavenly. There is only one will in his kingdom, his will alone. His kingdom is ruled by himself, God most high, the selfless person, the selfless one, the meek one, the just one, the righteous one, the one who himself is love, selfless love, the one who originated forgiveness, redemption, justification, and eternal salvation. So, so he's a totally different being. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand if you will. Totally different being. So, so I would like for us to, to have a clear picture of this kingdom that has been given to us. In Luke 12, I believe 1232, uh, he, I think it's 1232, he says, Fear not, little flock, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so God, God's desire that you would have the kingdom, and I like to call the kingdom the family business. He says, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So you and I have the kingdom as a gift, and because we are born again into the kingdom, uh, born from above, born from heaven. So let's look at this kingdom again, uh, or further. The kingdom of heaven and children. I, I, I wrote in parenthesis uh, the polar opposite in Matthew chapter 18. Let's look at the first five verses. Then you get another picture of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to take a good look at this kingdom so that you will know how you must conduct your lives, that you may know how to conduct your affairs. Every one of us in here has been angry about something, disgusted about something, and wanted to take matters into your own hand. If you were to tell me, I never had that thought, I wouldn't believe, any, I wouldn't believe anything else you would tell me. Every one of us, why? Because we are human. We're human, but you have to know, and then you have to walk in it. You know, you can't say something because it was a good saying that your parents told you all the time, but it's antithetical to the kingdom. It's the polar opposite to the kingdom, and you just repeat it like mindlessly. I've, I've corrected some people on that, and uh, I've been corrected on that. Was that all right? I have been corrected, and I've corrected others. Let's look at another uh, a picture of the kingdom. Uh, Matthew 18, verses 1 through 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Jesus is showing us that children were not the greatest um, in, in, in Israel, in the nation of Israel, because they, they didn't have rights and privileges. They were just little ones growing up, and one day maybe you'll get, get grown and you'll have rights and privileges. So it's not like that in the world. He says, in the world, people say, don't go to the, to the pastor, don't go to the president, don't go to the governor. Hey, stay back, child. Or, or maybe you're, you're not a child. Maybe you're just uh, not quite good enough. You don't have a high enough rank. He says, my kingdom is not like that. Just, you know, it's not like you've got to be of great rank, you know, to be invited up. I, I dare you say that nobody knows Don Lavelle in the governor's office. And uh, they're, they're going to say, oh, governor, you need to meet Don Lavelle. No. I said, I'm Don Lavelle. I'd like to see the governor. Who are you? But Jesus says that's not the case in his kingdom. They didn't want those to, them to approach. Sometimes we, we, even pastors get so big that people can't approach them. You know, they get so big that you can't approach them. Uh, and uh, I know sometimes people jokingly say, uh, Pastor, I had to get by your bodyguard. <laughs> See, I don't have a bodyguard. I have people who love me. You know, I, I don't have, but, but no, you can always, nobody has ever said you can't touch the past. You can ask, well, I like to talk to everybody. Yes, everybody. I stay almost an hour after every service or maybe an hour and a half after many services just so I, I can talk to everybody. Because in God's kingdom, you should never be unapproachable. And this is what he is showing us. So if anytime, if, if you've suddenly become a billionaire and now you can't even talk to anybody, wow, that's not good. Or just big in your own mind. That's not good. That's not the kingdom that God has called us to. So he, he wants us to comport ourselves differently and then be approachable, be approachable. And he said to them, um, unless you are converted and become as little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And so what Jesus is speaking to us and saying, some of us are too high and mighty. That's what Jesus is saying. Some of us are just too big for Jesus. We're too big for God. We're too big, and we're so big that he says, I'm not going to give you entrance into this kingdom. Because you have to be converted, changed from who you are and what you are. Amen. So let, let me, there's much more I would like to say on that. Um, but it, it went, at some juncture, well, let me just say this. He says that it, was, it would be better for a person if a millstone, a big, huge millstone, was tied around their neck and they were thrown into the depths of the sea that they would put a stumbling block in one of these little ones way. What Jesus is saying is that God the Father and himself and he take it very seriously when, when we are hurt by those people who are, who are running roughshod over everything. Amen. So the kingdom of heaven uses a different metric than the world. That word metric just means a different measurement. The kingdom of heaven always uses a different measurement. Jesus does not measure greatness as the world measures greatness because the world measures great, greatness by perhaps money, wealth, 
It may measure greatness by family lineage. It may, by the positions you have gained in the world. It may um, uh, measure greatness by your education. Oh, you're, now you're great, right? You're great. You've got a lot of letters after your name. You know, you're great. That may, that's a wonderful thing. But in this kingdom to which we belong, uh, greatness is measured by your humility, by your meekness, your kindness, your gentleness, your goodness, and the way you serve. Yeah. And I'm talking, I'm talking to somebody today who perhaps, let's say in this, a church with this many people in the first service, there's probably somebody, if, if we were to ask you, uh, maybe I wouldn't come myself, but I send someone to ask you, uh, could you help us in such and such a department? Well, let me pray and uh, let me see. <laughs> I don't know, that's not, I don't think that's my calling. <laughs> but I bet you if we said, well, we need somebody to ride on Air Force One, I said, choose me. <laughs> that's my calling, right? You know, we are, we are not of that kingdom any longer. We should not behave in that way any longer. This is what the kingdom of heaven is about. Now, why am I saying these things so graphically, so powerfully, so soberly? Why am I doing that? Because the king is going to come back. He's coming back. I dare say there will be people, I know because the Bible says, there are going to be people who are crying and saying, let me in. Jesus, I used to read my Bible sometimes, and I would watch the Moses and the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I've seen Jesus of Nazareth five times, and, and I believed it, you know, because I don't know you. So he's telling us how stark it's going to be. I don't know you. You never conform to my way. You kept, yeah, you went to church, but you kept being snotty. You kept being rude. You kept being mean. You kept being impatient. That's what Jesus is going to say. Yeah. Yes, and stingy also. Pastor, give me three, tres, tres, tres. Aproximadamente tres. Cinco. El me Cinco. All right, five minutes. Less than. Okay, let me, let, me, let me share the rich young ruler, and then we'll, we'll be done. I, I just can't. I always start my messages with a few scriptures, and then as I study, they just get bigger and bigger. Okay, let me read something about the rich young ruler, and then you'll get a, another picture of, of this amazing kingdom uh, to which we belong. Um, I don't remember exactly where. I, I didn't put the, the location down, the zip code, so let me just read it to you. Now, behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is good stuff. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Who is your neighbor? The person next to you, yes, is your neighbor. The, the person that you see on the street when you drive out and you blow your horn because they didn't do what you expected, and you get angry with them. That's your neighbor. 
So you have to love your neighbor like yourself. And I will tell you what I do. What I do. I, I've, I've really been broken of blowing my horn. I, I rarely ever blow, blow it at all unless I think somebody's going to hurt themselves or cause something really serious. And I just do it too. I don't do the, you know, bah. You know, I can't stand you. You just messed up. That's what it means. That's what it means. You know, so, so, so I don't do that anymore. But you know what I think? When somebody drives rudely, uh, my, uh, our oldest granddaughter has started to drive for now maybe a couple of years, and she, she has her own car. And I, and I, I said, what if that were, were my granddaughter? You know, I don't want anybody intimidating my daughter, my granddaughter. I don't want anybody bothering my baby. So I'm going to treat everybody like they're somebody's baby. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right, let me, let me, I'm, 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 rap, I'm coming around that. How is that song? Uh, I'm coming around that band. Da, 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 da. All right. Investing for a greater return. Now listen to what Jesus says. The young man said to Jesus, All these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? What do I still lack? L-A-C-K. Investing for a greater return. Now, now this is, what do I lack? I've done that. But what do I lack? After you've done all these things, what do you lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, if you want to reach the goal that I have for you and everyone like you, if you want to, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So Jesus told us what to invest and where to invest. The kingdom of heaven is not a place where we are piling up everything down here for us. The kingdom of heaven, he said to this man, is a place where he says, your greatest investment is not in your personal bank account for your personal use. God has entrusted you as a citizen of his kingdom to invest, yes, but to invest in the poor. This is what he says. He says, and see, that's the polar opposite of the world. The world says, go to work. Well, that's a good thing. But what are you going to do for them while they look for the job? Will you assist them? So the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying to this rich young ruler, he says, if you want to be perfect, sell everything you got. Because he was attached to it in a way that he was not aware of. He said, now if you do that, if you give it to the poor, you will immediately have treasure in heaven. And then I would welcome you to follow me. Amen. Amen. We're going to receive communion now together. But I would like to say to all of you, Pastor, Pastor you may come and bring your people. But as you, are, as you are receiving communion now, I want you to pay attention to what I, I am saying. I don't want you to be so preoccupied that you don't hear these words. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he or she possesses. 
One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things you possess. As surely as you are living, you will give an account to God for how you've lived your life. You will give an account to God for how you have lived your life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in the son should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send Jesus to condemn you but that through Christ you might be saved. I'm going to ask now before you receive communion with us, is there anyone who would raise his or her hand and say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus, but I want to know him today. I want to give my heart to Jesus today. Is there anyone else? Thank you so much. Is there somebody else you would like to give your heart to Jesus today?